Back to the Writer's Block, presented by Bud Select with Hockman, Gould, and Fredrickson on the all-new 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM, and InsideSTL.com. You've seen her dressed in blue. See the sky in front of you. And her face is like a sail. white so fair and pale. Have you seen her? Great song. I love that. Movie. All right, Ben Fred, uh, tell us about uh, what we got coming up. So we had a, uh, a moment the other day on the show. We uh, the Post Dispatch does this interesting uh, kind of look back in the past archives, and we came up on an interesting story. Um, it was the the anniversary a couple days ago of the kidnapping of uh, of Chris Vonder Ah. Who was the owner of the, the St. Louis Browns? Later turned into, of course, the Cardinals. And we thought, man, this is like we're sitting here talking about who's going to be in the rotation at spring training, all this stuff. And like there was a time when Cardinals, you know, baseball owners were getting uh, kidnapped. Kidnapped. You, by, say, it, uh, you say it in plural, by, like by many investigators owners in, from Pittsburgh, and uh, it had baseball ties. So we thought, well, we need to dig into this. Yeah. So as journalists, we uh, we we got. Well, uh, you're the journalist. Chris well, I know uh, Chris did it actually. Um, so. Credit to Chris. We he got uh, J. Thomas Hetrick, who is the author of Chris Vonderaa um, in the St. Louis Browns. The book is available. You can find it on uh, Amazon. Um, he's also a longstanding uh, Saber member, so he's a, he's a baseball guy. But we we have a couple questions for him, Chris, and we wanted to start here. Um, J. Thomas Hetrick, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Um, can you just start by giving us the the proper background on the kidnapping? How did this happen? Okay, well, the kidnapping happened as a result of a dispute between, between Chris Vondra, who owned the St. Louis Browns of the National League, who uh, eventually became the St. Louis Cardinals, and a gentleman named Mark Baldwin. Baldwin was a pitcher back in 1890, and he was trying to, uh, uh, he was trying to kite players for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Actually, they weren't even the Pirates back then. They were the Pittsburgh Alleghenies, and they became the Pirates as a result of Mark Baldwin's efforts to try to steal players. Uh, the player that he tried to steal was uh, one of the Browns' pitchers, their top pitcher, a guy named Silver King. It was unsuccessful, but uh, Vondera and Baldwin went at it in the courts for eight years. Uh, Vondera was found uh, guilty and owed a great debt to Baldwin. It was never paid off, and he was finally spirited from St. Louis to Pittsburgh on a train in, in effect, kidnapped, and he ended up in a Pittsburgh jailhouse for about a week. Now, this is, go ahead. Now, isn't there some details about how he was kidnapped that were interesting with this, too, as well? Yes, he was duped into thinking he was going to be in an interview. Uh, he was a very vain man. <laughs> uh, the book goes into tremendous detail about his uh his vanity and vexation, as uh, it was called. And uh, he was duped into taking a train ride. Uh, he thought it was reporters, but it was really people working in conjunction with Mark Baldwin and maybe even the National League, who was so tired of his antics um, because he was losing gobs of money. He was making a laughing stock of the St. Louis franchise, which had been very good, and it was a great money-making opportunity. But he built a horse racing track 
uh, inside his ballpark, and uh, the players naturally stepped on uh, what was left of uh, the horses after they uh, rode around the track. And he even built something called a shoot the shoots. Today we would call it a water plume ride, such as in a uh, a park or a uh, uh, like a uh, a park that you would go to where you would ride down in a log uh, over water. He built that inside the old sportsman's park. And uh, the month before, his ballpark was burned. Uh, many say it was an arson uh, from the National League. And uh, they wanted him out of the league really, really badly, and the kidnapping was part of it. So basically his ballpark was a combination of Marlins Park and, and Mil- the Brewers Field there, too. <laughs> Uh, believe me, this this man, uh, he had a silver cornet band, a female a band that played. Uh, he had marching bands routinely. He had Buffalo Bill in his ballpark doing their uh, Wild West recreations. I mean, he did everything uh, and in a very, uh, today we might call it a very minor league type promotion, but these were, he had all of the ideas to, uh, to uh, before anyone else did, before long before Bill Vec did, certainly. Well, he certainly sounds like uh, he influenced uh, Jeffrey Loria, so that's connecting <laughs> some dots to, to recent news. I, and I guess the uh, the he, he would make Marge Schott and George Steinbrenner blush. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the the horse droppings, the horse manure on the field that that gives a whole new uh, definition to slipshod defense. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. He seems yeah. like a fascinating character. So he got his. He, he immigrates. He comes in from Germany, um, and he gets his start as like a grocery store clerk. He ends up buying the store, and then he immediately puts a saloon in the back. Yeah, well, he doesn't really put a saloon in the back because back in those days, everybody had a saloon in the back of the grocery store. That was a normal business practice, and St. Louis was rapidly filling up with German immigrants. And we all know what Germans like to do. They like to uh, quaff a few beers here and there. And as a matter of fact, beer and uh, baseball came together largely as a result of Van der Rohe's efforts in 1882, which is a fascinating story in and of itself. Well, what's that story then? (laughs) So that story is uh, uh, he was meeting with uh, a brand-new league that he had had, uh, Created called the American Association, which uh, which linked up eventually with the National League, with four of the teams uh, being lopped off the AA and moving into the then 12-team National League. That was way back in 1891. But in the meantime, uh, Van der Rock, uh, started this league called the American Association. He had several other brewers in the league, but the, the National League had had shown that because of the Cincinnati team, they, that Cincinnati team was banned from the National League in 1877 because their fans and their players drank too much beer. And Van der Rohe said, uh, no, 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 we have to have beer. It needs to cost 25 cents. The tickets cost 25 cents. The National League charged 50. Mm-hmm. And uh, fans started to come in the ballpark, and he stood up on a table and made his case. And uh, that's when beer and baseball really, really uh, became married once and for all. And, of course, uh, his great uh, vendor in the beer business was a a gentleman named Adolphus Bush. You might have heard of him. Uh, He also was in St. Louis at that time. They were were great rivals. Uh, They both died in the same year. Adolphus Bush got a parade. Vondera got basically a pauper's funeral. 
So yeah, you, it's an ironic story in 1913. He disappears and uh, he he gets bought out in 1899, and then he kind of goes off the grid. Um, what happened to him? So what he does is he um, he he's married to this lady for 25 years named Emma, and he has a son, and he's grooming his son to become the next owner of the Browns and uh, to do this into perpetuity. It does not work out. Uh, the, the, the father and son end up suing each other over property uh, that they had purchased and uh, back and forth. Uh, he divorced his wife or she divorced him, and he ends up with a couple more wives. Uh, his second wife, reputedly, he married at gunpoint. Um, <laughs> talk about a shotgun wedding. Yeah, all of these crazy details. I love this man. Oh. Uh, and the third wife, was 19 years old at the time, and it was his housekeeper, uh, a young lady, and he ended up marrying, her name was Anna Kaiser, and they, uh, they ran the, uh, the little bar, I believe called the Golden Lion Saloon, until 1913, until he died. So Chris Vonderhaus sounds like a fascinating character, and I, I hope I I hope I'm reading the situation right. But so I don't know if you know the details of us, but this is our last show. Like we go off the air at the end of the show today. We're done. Um, so we were gonna oh, have like an end. Of, it's okay. We appreciate you you joining us for our send off, but we wanted to have like a uh, kind of an event to recognize the end of the show. And we figured what better place than a than a cemetery. Now we've heard that Chris <laughs> Vonderha has a uh, unique burial site with a statue that used to be at his ballpark, and uh, it's yeah. it's nearby. Have you a Have you been there? And B, yes. would he is he the kind of guy who would appreciate us kind of incorporating him in our in our going away party at his uh, gravesite? Well, I don't know about the, the going away party because he's been there since 1913, well over a hundred years. But what's interesting about the gravesite is that it was a commission from a relative um, way back in 1886 after he had won baseball's first, arguably championship against the uh, the Chicago White Stockings, who were led by a guy named Albert Spaulding. And uh, uh, to celebrate, Vandera had this statue uh, commissioned in Germany, he brought it over to the United States, and he put it outside the ballpark, which, I mean, this has to be the ultimate chutzpah experience. <laughs> um, imagine all of these ballparks today have legendary figures like Stan Musial and... Uh, <laughs> Babe Ruth, certainly, uh, you know, uh, Cal Ripken. Their statues are there in bronze, but, you know, they're deservedly so. This this man was the owner of the team, and uh, he promoted himself at every turn. Uh, the statue is, uh, is, is very well worth visiting because it is so giant, and it is a uh, – he's on a giant pedestal. One of the uh, early sports reporters called it, Vandera discovers Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, he was looking off into Illinois, of course. He makes Stan Kroenke look pretty modest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe we, uh, maybe this won't be inappropriate. Maybe we could have our show's tombstone next to his in the same cemetery. <laughs> there we go. And we'll have we'll have Unlike a any figure baseball has ever known. Absolutely, uh, it's a riot of a book. This man was very ignorant of the game, and uh, but yet he had incredible innovations such as uh, beer and baseball and Sunday baseball. He solidified once and for all some of our favorite stuff. Well, hey, Jay Thomas Hedrick, thank you so much for joining us. Author of Chris Vondera and the St. Louis Browns, guys and girls, you can buy this in hardcover and now on paperback at Amazon. 
Com. Again, the author's name, J. Thomas Hetrick. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. Good stuff. And uh, I don't know if the sales pitch went as well as we thought in regards to the party. You didn't say we shouldn't go. I, I think the question is this, Ben. Would Chris Vondera himself think it was neat that we were celebrating at his grave? Yes. And he built a racetrack in his ballpark. He wants... This guy, anybody any, that we were talking about him on the radio, he would get a kick out of it. Right, exactly. He he likes to be the center of attention, so why not put him at the center of attention for the big party? Yeah, you know how the Germans like to do. They like to party at the, yeah. at the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we heard about that. Yeah. Well, that was great. Thank you again to see Thomas Howe, start of Side Out and Soul Man. Oh, oh no! And I we watched the Soul Man trailer. That talk about break. something that would not fly this day. Holy I don't even mom. know how it flew in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly! So uh, yeah, I, I would say it's a reunion. That's what we should mark for the grave. We could party. We yeah, we should do something in due time for our our listeners and us to re reunite. Maybe I don't know where it would be. Maybe a day at the ballpark. Oh, speaking of which. Last night at the Post Dispatch trivia thing, uh-huh. uh, they were, they had bi- people bidding on prizes. You know, you could bid for this or that. You know, and one of the prizes was you could bid on four tickets to the Cardinal game, but two of them are used by Ben Fredrickson and Benjamin Hockman. So you, you people were bidding on this to go to the game with us. How much did it go for? <laughs> I don't even know if it went. Like I, I think it, I think there might have been no bids. Really? No, Last I, I heard, people were asking if they could just get two tickets. Oh. <laughs> They're like, we'll buy the other two Where tickets. Where are they located? Can we get just two? They're like, we'll buy the four as long as the Benz don't come. We'll pay for the four. Just make sure the Benz don't come. So anyway, we're waiting to find out from the Post-Dispatch just how much. Uh, my guess is they made 43 bucks on that. What if you guys did like a, face value. <laughs> uh, a best podcast in baseball from there, from the gravesite? I don't well, know that Derek will be I was on gonna say, going to the grave. No, I'm gonna, I want to talk. That's my goal now is to talk Derek into doing that. Yeah, we, yeah there's a better chance of talking him into wanting to do the, the runner on second base after 10 innings <laughs> than having him do the podcast at some random dude. Not random, but some, some guy's grave. Well, site. he sounded open to that other thing yesterday. Right, there's already right, right. a text from the Quality American, uh, a.k.a. Bob's Country Bunker, asking Derek, are you looking forward to getting back to doing something respectable? Ah, that's fair. That's fair. Good question, indeed. We also have a text request from the Hunchback of On Castle um, t- reminding Hawkman that he never finished the story about um, his experience in Spain. Oh, there's no way I can tell that story on the air. Why did I even start the story? <laughs> I don't know. I don't what really is remember. happening? When did you start the story? When did I? Was it, did, he, did we run into each other at J.P. Fields? No. no. <laughs> I started telling the story? Just if so, if you want to, if you want to give your Spain memory at any point today, oh, great memories! I mean, we went to Seville. I think he's looking Granada. for one, I think he's looking for one specific memory. Oh yeah, the time we went to Madrid. No. What's the other? Did you go to Barcelona? Oh, you mean Barcelona? That's not how you say it. Yeah, Barcelona, yeah, yeah. That we is went not there. How yeah, you say it. I've actually never been to Barcelona, uh, but in, sometimes I go to the bar in Clayton near my oh. gym called Cafe Barcelona. Kevin has an inside STL.com listener reward. Support the sponsors. And save right now. Get a two-pack of tickets for the St. Louis Golf Expo. Going on now, 50% off. That's two tickets to the St. Louis Golf Expo. Good for all three days of the show for 50% off. The tickets on sale now. Log on to InsideSTL.com and click Listener Rewards to buy and save. You can buy online. Print. 
the voucher and take it straight to the show this weekend. Limited quantities available. Purchase as many as you'd like. See InsideSTL.com for details. All right. Here's a text from Carlos Danger. Borrow a post-dispatch van, get okay. warmed up at Rosie's, hit the gravesite with crystals, cross the river, finish strong at Roxy's. Wow. Mm. How many people could we fit in one of those vans? We can get the whole gang. What color are those vans? Uh, probably, I think, white. This is not going to look weird at all. No. No, not at all. Not at Trust all. me, there are plenty of vans at Roxy's. <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, more serious sports talk on the acclaimed <laughs> cult classic, The Writer's Block, presented by Bud Select and the all-new 590 The Fan, 1057HD2, and InsideSTL.com.